You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. Uh, my name is Jordan with a silent PH in the middle, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Oh, uh, I didn't tell you. Yeah. I'm changing my name. I am one Lucian. Oh, you're one. Okay. This is the next evolution the of next the show. The next evolution of one Lucian will be one Lucian. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll right. finally drop that PH. I don't know. We'll there see. Yeah. Yeah. The one Just is not silent. Solidify it. Yeah. Um, hey, everybody. Uh, <laughs> lots to talk about on our show. If you're new here, um, we are a Dungeons and Dragons talk show, kind of talking about tabletop RPG world. And uh, Thursday, there was uh, a big mic, not a mic drop, but I, I like to think of it. I don't even have my notes up. This is how scattered we are right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But Wizards of the Coast announced the future of Dungeons and Dragons in their eyes. Um, and I want to specify that because a lot of people, we, we don't need to let Wizards of the Coast dictate our game. Um, <laughs> and I, I think they want that. They are a multimedia, like, large company. Um, but I think... Going forward, we'll always have the SRD. We'll always have the ability to tweak these rules and do whatever you want. I had a really good conversation with uh, my DM, Nathan, about this over uh, our Google chat that we chat with. And he's like, well, how do you feel about this rule? How do you feel about that rule? And I'm like, honestly, I like this one. I don't like that one. I probably just won't incorporate it. You know? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. kind of how it is. But, boy. I want to back up a sec before yeah, go we ahead. dive in. Before yeah. we dive in. Let's get to... We know that announcement's coming up, but we don't know too much about it because we were at Gen Con. The, some tweets start dropping that they're going to have a big announcement. Yeah. And they're going to tell us some stuff. So just before we dive into what actually happened, what did you think was going to happen? And did you think what we got was even better than where you thought we were get going, just generally? Mm -hmm. Or was it not what you thought it was and you thought there was going to be more? Or was yeah. it exactly what you thought it was going to be? No. Uh, so I... I thought it was going to be um, Dragonlance. I thought they were going to announce mm -hmm. that book, which they did. Um, and then I also thought, because it was like a Wizards Presents, and I was thinking back to some of the early Magic the Gathering Presents, they would show a timeline of all of the decks coming out mm -hmm. and things that were getting retired in the standard format and things like that. And so I was like, oh, I wonder if they got a clue that fans like that. And we're actually going to get like, here are the books for 2023. And that's what I thought. And I was like, maybe they'll hint at like, we kind of knew a new edition was coming. So I was like, maybe, but like, maybe it's also something to do with the movie. Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily think it was going to be this evolution of D&D, &D, like they're saying, because the D&D &D next playtest the Pathfinder 2E playtest were all a year long. Mm -hmm. And uh, th this is slated to be released in 2024. I don't know when in 2024. I'm assuming like summer, but who knows. Mm -hmm. um, and so to have it start now, it's a little more than a year, I guess. And so it mm -hmm. kind of, I wasn't prepared, but yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I did not think they were going to show us the book lineup, I thought we might get a pre I thought we would get the crossover of a Magic the Gathering campaign world and another D&D. &D like book. an announcement I about that. I thought we yeah. would we would hear about the next book or the first book of next year and then I thought they would do some more whiz kids and toys advertisement, you know, stuff yeah. and I thought they might start talking about a new live show they're going to throw together, you know, because maybe they didn't really do a big it, this year wasn't like they had done in past years. So I thought maybe they're going to come back because, you know, Todd Kenrick's back and he's reviving their YouTube and online presence where it kind of, yeah. it kind of went not radio silent, but it definitely was a lot less for a while there for several months. Well, and year. it was, and it was D and D beyond because Greg Tito yeah. was running um, the YouTubes and the stuff. And yeah. I don't, I don't think that was, I don't want to say his wheelhouse, but like, I don't think that was his, uh, maybe not what he was paid to do. It was kind of like, yeah. well, I do that on the side. Mm -hmm. um, and I do this podcast and things like that. But yeah, once they handed the reins over to Todd, he was like, well, I know this, I've been doing it. And he just mm -hmm. like, we're pumping out content. So yeah. Yeah. So, so as it starts and it's a, it feels like a pre-recorded, but high production value, as far as I could tell, 
um, and I thought was a great way to do it. More of like what we were talking about, like a Nintendo Direct or any of these game companies now that are like, we don't want to go to E3. We don't want to go to Gen Con to announce our stuff. We don't want to go to these places and do this. Yeah. We're just going to put out a presentation that we control. We can do all the presentation. Our our people can do their lines, rehearse their lines. Yeah, get them no, out. no leaks we need that another accidentally. Take. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or no technical difficulties to worry about except push play on the button you yep. know, for, the, for whatever they're doing. And I just thought I liked it because it gave us everything we wanted, really, and so much more. So it was definitely so much more than I thought. And I was normally on these, I would say I'm rarely shocked when they announce something mm-hmm. like we're pretty good at guessing or or knowing a little bit of what's going on or kind of thinking about oh that makes sense that's that falls right in line but this one i was like what they're doing that what you know it's like there's a bunch of them so i'm super happy and i was super surprised and i was like energized after i got done watching that and then like youtube explodes and twitter explodes and and yeah. twitch is exploding and now everybody's just like you can go find videos everywhere and there's so much stuff and now jordan let's get into the meat of all of it what, <laughs> what are we talking about if somebody missed that yeah so uh the, the, the big reveal is planescape um yes. the end of no <laughs> you called it buddy so well actually i do want to kind of talk about that first i yeah. guess uh we have a bunch of new books planned, which is kind of cool. And the way I was talking, I was talking to um, some other, like, well, I was talking to DM Nathan and he was just like, yeah, I think that they, cause he works for wizards now. And he was kind of saying like, I think that th- it was really popular with magic, the gathering to show all of the, the, like, this is our timeline of stuff. Doesn't mean mm-hmm. you can't change it, but like, yeah, it just kind of means like fans get hyped up for it. And then the idea was like, well, yeah, you're right. Why don't we do that with, uh, D&D. And then I know Wizards doesn't like uh, like Ted and he does, they don't like these people leaking these things and there were so many leaks. I think I think Spelljammer was the first time that we were like, oh, that was not they leaked because we knew about <laughs> fizz bands. We knew about all these other yeah. books. So now they're just like, it's not leaked. Like, here are the books. You don't know what's in them, yeah. and that's fine. Go ahead, Amazon. Yeah, yeah Throw a exactly. Page up. <laughs> exactly. Because it's just like, we announced it already. So that yeah. just kind of makes sense. But we're going to get an anthology adventure called Keys from the Golden Vault. Um, mm-hmm. Bigby presents Glory of the Giants, which sounds like a Fizzbands dragon style book, but for giants. Year of the Giants, they even um, said. I kind of heard them say, yeah, it's going to be a giant somewhere. year or something. And I was yeah, like, okay. Yeah. Um, there's now an expansion on the Lost Mine of Fandelver called Fan tentatively called Fandelver Campaign. I think that's probably mm-hmm. going to change. Uh, there's a class and abilities and spells book called The Book of Many Things, which is a which great doesn't title. follow with the of everything that yes. we've had in the back, but I kind of like the title of that. And then mm-hmm. in fall 2023, there's a Planescape book coming out, which. Uh, people were losing their minds about. And then Monty Cook went on Twitter and he yeah. just said, where were all of that. you? And I have this up because I laughed so hard at it. He said, where were all of you enthusiastic Burks in 1998? Because yeah. Planescape was like the end of TSR and it kind of yeah, just could have saved it. Could have um, saved it, yeah. But Chris Perkins said, he's like, he tweeted back at Monty Cook. He's like, I laughed at this harder than I meant to. And it's, yes. It was just kind of funny because like Planescape is beloved but it didn't save TSR. It didn't, not at you know, the time. It, so, yeah, yeah, not yeah. at the time it happened. It was like a nostalgia thing for sure. So super, super funny. I, I love Money Cook. Um, yeah, yeah, but the big thing, I guess, is 1D&D. Um, and 1D&D is a uh, placeholder type. Code name 1D&D yeah. was the term And used. with D&D Next, I remember listening to the podcast with uh, Penny Arcade and Mike Merles, who was running them mm-hmm. through those original games, and they were talking about D&D Next, and he's like, in the future, I think we just kind of want to call it D&D. Like, I don't want an edition anymore. So this mm-hmm. is something they've been pushing for a long time, but the fan base is like, oh, no, you don't. This is 5e because we've had editions beforehand. And it was. Like, it It yeah. really, whether they wanted to announce it or not, it was a new edition of D&D. Um, if you look at the playtest rules, they specifically talk about in the 2014 player's handbook. So they're not putting an addition on it. They're trying to say like, 
your 2014 player's handbook is still valid, but the 2024 player's handbook will have some updated stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know well, if that's going to work. now backwards compatible. So Yeah, and then and it'll be backwards way. compatible, which is kind of cool. And that's actually a really good thing because then, you know, Curse of Strahd, super awesome adventure, iconic. I, you know, 30 years from now, like, well, not 30 years, but like 15 years from now, my son's just like, dad, what's this? And I'm like, oh, that's Curse of Strahd. Let's run it. And yeah. hypothetically, we can use their like 2020 or 2030 player's handbook, and then it'll still work with Curse of Strahd. Uh, yeah. They might be a little underpowered or overpowered, but the idea is the same. Uh, we'll see if that works. I don't know. So. Yeah, and I think it works. I mean, it's possible for it to work, but obviously your fan base can drive a little bit of that too. Like they, you can just you could say we want this to be called Sixth Edition, and if the fan base says nope, this is five point five, you're not fooling us. It'll be five point five, no matter yeah. what they try to do, type of thing. But the one thing I I recognized that I think makes it work is if you go back to 3.5 and they're in the the throes of the, here's our rules and we have to do another edition or we're, we're about to change, they're making core changes from 3.5, thinking about going into four. They do four, good or bad, you love it or you don't, it was hated or it shouldn't have been, uh-huh. it was loved or it shouldn't have been, whatever. Now they're starting to think about, okay, we're done, we've gotten through our cycle of four, we gotta make a core change again because in their heads, they don't think it's as successful so we got to make another core change to the rules, real significant changes. Because like in three five, you're talking about, you know, dropping off how there, there's certain things about the rounds and how they work, how the combat works, how you know the different things are work, the real structure of the game. Four changes the structure significantly, and then if we're going to go to something different, we have a structure. This doesn't sound like a big structure change. This seems like a we're going to fine tune pieces. But the core is staying the same. You're still going to have the same stats. You're still going to do 3D6 yeah. plus, you know, you're still going to do the. We're going to move some places where some of your bonuses came from, but all that language is still there. Inspiration is still there. The way your round works is still there. Yeah. There's still roll for surprise. There's still your skill list. <clears throat> Maybe they'll add some, but they're not going to say, okay, we're no longer doing skill checks because we came up with this new and inventive way to handle this part of the game. And now here's how you do it. They're like, no, 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 we're staying with what we've got. We'll fine tune that, we'll add to it or remove something that doesn't need to be there, but the core of it's there. So they might get away with it this time to be able to say it's not much of a change, but really the fan base, it's it's what are they gonna do and what are we gonna call it? And we're so, I think- And I don't know, I gonna, do you think you'll call it 5.5? Because is there- is there going to be a point where people are not adopting this as just the the new 5e? Because mm-hmm. I've been at tables where they're like, uh, hey, build your character. And I'm pulling in stuff from Tasha's and Ravenloft. And I'm like, what's on the table? What's off the table? And then the DM's like, well, I only... And I'm going to call you out, Silver Boulet. This is my friend Steve. And he's like, well, I only have the player's handbook. So if you pull in some of the other stuff... And I was like, oh... I haven't made like a. I don't have those rules. <laughs> well, no, like I haven't made like a OG original character from just the player's handbook in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me think about this, you know, because all mm-hmm. of a sudden I'm like, I don't have all of the Xanathar spells and things like that. Yeah. So is it going to kind of be like that? Are we going to call 5.5 this new evolution? Like, oh, are you building a character with five rules or 5.5? Mm-hmm. Or will it just be within certain circles assumed that we all make these updated characters with updated rules. Yeah. And there's, everybody does this. My company just did this this past year. We saw it from companies like, um, you know, Apple and all of these like phones and Microsoft wants to not have a version on their software anymore. They just want to be Microsoft. That's why they went to like 360 or Xbox. Remember when they went to Xbox One? They don't want, they just want to get rid of it and they just want, we just want to be Xbox. So all these marketing gurus come into all of these companies and say the same thing. They say, your product should be the name of what it is and that's it. No other this other stuff. Like I'll give you a true world example. Our software was called Infinite Visions, which was just a cool catchy name that they'd come up with back when they had the software. 
but marketing speak today says that doesn't tell me what your software does so it's not a good name if you listen to the marketing gurus so our whole company said no we have to change it so now our software is called school erp pro what does it do it does erp software that's yeah. <laughs> what it for schools it's exactly what it does it's not version 10 or 12 or 15 or whatever it is it's that's all we are now and and everything all else falls off so i think all of these bigger companies and i know wizards of the coast is the most biggest corporatist company that we have in the whole tabletop area they have these same people coming in and giving the same speeches about how you should be marketing how you should be doing this thing everybody wants it to be you're just D D. just be D D. just yeah. you are D. there's well, no other anything so uh, and silver, well, first of all, thank you, uh, uh, Mao Peach, for the donation. And then Silver Boulet was like, "Well, I wasn't stopping you from using the non-basic rules." And I'm like, <laughs> I, like know, I know, Steve, I know, Steve, I know, I but yeah. I didn't want to create like a weird, overpowered character for that game. Uh, and so it was just one of those things. And I wanted to do something you, that everyone was familiar with. He's being honorary, um, Steve. I'm with you, buddy. <laughs> um, they want to turn D and D into a lifestyle brand and that's not a big secret that's very yeah. like they've they've said that and then with the movie and all of the toys and stuff like that and you don't you don't do that by having it be like 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 xbox really is a lifestyle brand and i read something that they think that this year will be the last xbox and the last ps playstation because moving forward we have like cloud gaming and things like that and you're gonna be like am i on Am I team, like, chocolate or am I team peanut butter? I don't know. It's right, going to be one of right. those things. And I think D&D is kind of the same thing, especially with D&D Beyond and the online platform and stuff. They're really trying to get everybody to kind of be, bring it all together. I don't know. I don't, I, don't have a lot of, I don't have a lot of answers in this corporate world, but it, it does make sense. I don't – because we have the OSR – and things like that. I think there's always going to be variations on this. And then people are going to want to know what is the variation. And that's where we're going to have the community start coming out and calling it 5.5. Or uh, I'm going to be I'm going to be playing a, a modified version of 5th edition called like uh, 5e Advanced. You know? Yeah. And like we already kind of have this. this yeah. The community will create it out of yeah. necessity. So well, which iPhone do you have? Exactly. I just have the iPhone. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't like know they, if people are like, I just have the yeah. iPhone. It's like, Which well, iPad do you have? Oh, I, yeah. I've got the iPad, you know? Yeah. And it so, makes it confusing. I don't think, I'm, and I'm not saying I agree or disagree with whatever it is, the way the marketing thing is, because I was confused even when I wanted to get a new iPad. And if you go try to buy a new iPad and you're trying to figure out, well, what's the newest one that's out with the newest features, but yeah. they call all of them iPads. So how do I know that I'm not buying one off Amazon that's the two-year-old model versus the one that's just out now. I'm like, I got confused. So like, there's downsides to what this this speech is, but and I don't know where it's gonna go or where it's gonna land, and I don't even know what I'm gonna do. But I just, I understand it, and I see where it's going. And I like that they said it's code name 1D&D, and I love, I, I feel like, I'm calling this, I think you were the first tweet I saw of everybody Twitter storm happens, you're like saying, oh, D&D's back, you know? <laughs> so I, was oh, like, what? James, I stole that from James Rodrigasso because he oh, was, was like, oh, D&D's back. And I was oh, like, okay. that's pretty funny. I was going to give you the credit. I was like, no, no. he's so smart. <laughs> James was really funny. I was I like, I'm it. stealing this from him. Uh, but yeah, no, like, oh, D&D. Like, it's kind of like, oh, that's funny. Oh, D&D. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, I, I don't know. I'm uh, excited. I, Let me say this. Overall, I, I yeah, getting off of the subject of just naming yeah. conventions, who knows what it's going to be called? But yeah, um, and we could speculate all day, but speculation doesn't do anything for us. Uh, I am excited. I think it's kind of cool. Um, a lot of people were were kind of going back and forth about a lot of this, but I I really liked uh, Ben from Questing Beast because he's like, is this well, sixth we edition? Anyway, is this yeah. the death of fifth edition? Mm. Um, but no, it's the idea that. It, they really are taking Magic the Gathering as a business model, and they're trying to apply it to Dungeons and & Dragons. And so it will be like, here are the new books. And then sometimes you look at it, and you're like, oh, this is banned. This is not banned. Um, speaking of bans, Magic has very clear rules about what you can and cannot do in like tournaments and standard and things like that. However, at home, my 1998 deck will still play with a 2022 deck just fine. I one of them might be more overpowered than the other, but the cores of magic work 
you know, the, the cards are the same in that sense, like the core of magic works. So I see what they want to do, but will that work with Dungeons and Dragons? I'm not, I'm not entirely sure yet. So. Yeah. And I'm excited because we're a show that talks about tabletop games. We're a show that loves all the new games that have been coming out. We support so many Kickstarters. It's unbelievable. We talk about new rule sets. We, me and you have had discussions on your modular D6 and your your settings. And we're so into the idea of creating. We're here, Jordan. We have a show dedicated to this right at the time D&D has decided to do a change, whatever you want to yeah. call it, whatever it's going to be. We're here right at the front line. Just like if D&D Next was announced, you know, seven years ago, and we had our show up and running, we'd be right there ready to go, okay, here's all the play tests and here's all the things and here's all the places they're going now. We're right here at the at the front lines and we get to see it all unravel. And I just love it. I love the idea that we're gonna be able to come here Saturday after Saturday after Saturday and talk about all the things that we're seeing or, or they're doing and what the other, and still what the rest of the industry is doing because everybody's gonna take a look. You know, everybody always looks at who's up at the top of that mountain and who's at the top of the hill and what they're doing and it informs on what they're doing too. Even if they're not gonna copy it, it might just be, well, okay, they're doing that. So our lane is gonna be over here. How do we innovate in our lane? How does Monty Cook come out of the gun and say, you know what? I know how to design. I know how to do my stuff. You guys are doing that lane. I'm taking this lane and I'm gonna take this over. Yeah, I can't wait to see the ripples that happen now. And I, I think, yeah, you're right. And and speaking of like Monty Cook and stuff, like the, they don't wanna reinvent the wheel because Wizards of the Coast coming out and saying, hey, we're going to build another game where you have to then pawn your old books and buy all these new books. Like, that player base is never going to want to rebuy books over and over. So I think this is also another safe thing where it's like your old books still work. You don't have to buy new books kind of a thing. And case in point, Monty Cook Games. New Monera comes out, very successful. New Monera, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. And then they created the... Numenero Destiny and Discovery, which everyone was like, well, this is Numenera too. It really wasn't, though. It was (laughs) Numenera in one book and then some expanded rules to do other interesting things in the world of Numenera. Numenera Plus? Yeah. And it it was the same thing. All the old adventures work with this Numenera Discovery and Destiny. All of these, you know, and Monty Cook's only 10 years old, but uh, to the point of D and D or one D and D twenty twenty four will be ten years since the twenty fourteen player's handbook came out. Yeah, yeah. I so. like this comment I got that we all, I know we're getting off the name part and we'll get past it. I swear to guys. But Cyberwolf, one of our good uh people that we played games with hey, before and, and has been he's out here. He's like, uh, yeah, it's the new super D and D fifth edition turbo and it features Dante from Devil May Cry. Yeah, you know, I was like, that's that's where we're at now. We're like in People might call this, they might not even say it's a name now, but I could see them saying, hey, is this like Super Nintendo or, or now it's not just Nintendo, it's Super Nintendo. Is this D&D Super or is this yeah. Turbo or is this Super D&D you know, Turbo something? Alpha yeah. 2? Yeah. Enterprise yeah. Edition or, you know, there's just something else in there. There could be a whole word. Well, and that so, brings okay, me we'll to <laughs> the franchising. So in that same thing, yeah. they said, hey, we got a Magic the Gathering Lord of the Rings tie-in. We've got oh. this. I remember back in the day they had the Stranger Things Magic the Gathering and the Walking Dead Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. Is that what they want to do for D&D? Like eventually it'll be like, we already kind of had the Stranger Things D&D tie-in. But do they want like, hey, we're creating a new player's handbook, but this one is Devil May Cry D&D. You, you just know? blew my mind. Are we getting a Doctor Who Dungeons and Dragons world campaign world? I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> in all honesty. I don't know. Like, is it, are, it, are the core rules going to be that flexible that they're going to be able to apply whatever they want on rather than, yeah, yeah they already, yeah, you're right. We have a Rick and Morty D and D we have this. Is that the way they want to go? Like, yeah. So I don't know. So let's 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 break that down a little bit, tiny bit more. So keys from the Golden Vault anthology, starting off winter twenty twenty three. I think even so, January February. I think yeah. Yeah. So first book kick off the gates for twenty twenty three. We throw an anthology. Keys from the Golden Vault. What are we thinking? What are we getting from this? Because Um, I heard that it was like a heist book. Oh, that's right. They said heist. Yeah, it was a, a bunch of heists in it. So I'm wondering if it's like. Okay. Yeah, if it's just like here's here's kind of a dungeon, here's a vault, or here's yeah. like I need I'll you to escort ways. this person out safely or something, we'll see. 
how it's many a, different it's types? another candle keep it's another uh radiant citadel okay. which those aren't good or bad you have to read them when they come out to decide if they're good or bad so yeah and that means dm centric book right so you're gonna start oh, yeah. year off again with another dm centric book i keep thinking they're gonna get away from these anthologies as much as they like doing them they're so it's easy not to do a book that a player buys though of it's course a book not that but dms buy or yeah. collectors buy but that's it you want to sell books that everybody's going to buy, right? So I, but you're right. Maybe they're just, they, they like doing them. They're easy to do or something like that. And we know, let's put this out Ooh, there. Warhammer 40K D&D. We just got that in the chat. That could happen. Like, don't, <laughs> don't start with me, whoever put that in the chat. Uh, you will blow my mind as it is. Um, and you killed my, where I was going, mister. Who, Sorry. Who's, who put that in chat? Tell uh, me who that was that was Mr. AJ Pickett. Uh, <laughs> Mr. AJ. Um, <laughs> but you. no, you're right. They're they're not player centric books. Oh, but at the same time, um, I th I think I'll, they'll have enough little things in there that people will want to buy them on D and D Beyond yeah. and stuff like that. So here here's the comment where I was going. We know they have a big pipeline as far as they are planning out many years in advance. They're one of the few companies that can do that because they have so much in the works. So it does make sense that they can say, well, let's do an anthology here. Let's do this book here. Let's do this book here. Cause they really are planning for 2023, 2024. And they probably already know what 2025 and 2026 tentatively might look like already. No, they do. Yeah. They their pipeline is not everybody does that. Not all the, Company, I think some companies are just, what's our next book? Let's sit down and talk about it. They have this big line of them. So that's going to be interesting. Okay, so heists. We haven't had heist books. That could be interesting. That could be good for Dungeon Masters to run. I like possibly the idea. Golden Vault, where do we think? Do you have anything? Golden Vault, do you think it's Forgotten Realms based? I mean, all these anthologies have been forgotten realms centric even though in the beginning they might say you could put this in your campaign world or this would work in this other area well, what do they've, you think all, they've had Vault? names like tales from the yawning portal but like ghosts of salt marsh wasn't or aj if you what do you think golden vault if you have a, a lead on where golden vault might be? no What's i think i think you're gonna be presented with a bunch of keys that open a vault door and then there's like a weird heist inside or something what if it's your obelisk thing the obelisk your yeah. obelisk mm. theory the obelisk theory i don't know all right, so we don't know where Golden Vault is. Okay, Big B presents Glory of the Giants. Okay, so we know Big B. Why? Because Big B has spells. Yep. Right? It's got, he's it's a, got a big he's hand. A, yeah, and so he's a wizard that hasn't got a book yet, right, in 5th edition. Correct. But no, he's going to do... This Big is B like a Fizzbands book on dragons, but it's going to be on giants. Yeah. So I think we'll get the history of giants. We'll get some, like, maybe you're a, a half-giant race will get um some giant centric uh class features and then uh there will probably be a section on like runic magic that you can use mm -hmm. and be like a giant section of runic magic that's something else and we, we saw well, uas yeah. we saw uas that would tie right into that yeah with the right? primordial stuff yeah 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 because yeah. but again this is before this is all 2023 so yeah yeah um and so that's okay. what I think it's going to be. And then you're right. The well, not you're right, but the the last three we really don't know anything about because Fandelver campaign is that the book of many things is going to be player options, and it's kind of cool because now we're going to get UA, and we're not speculating on what the book is going to be. We're going to be like, oh, that's probably going in this book. You know, it's kind of interesting. UA will be fully relevant to the yes, yeah, because doing we look now at that, we're like, there's relevant. not a mysterious yeah. release. You know, yeah, they yeah. they start like saying, hey, we're gonna we're gonna do Kender. Uh, play yeah, test or something this. and you're yeah. like oh well that's going in the dragonlance book of course so yeah and then planescape yeah i mean is big and huge uh especially yes. and a little odd especially after creating Spelljammer. um so you release Spelljammer this year it's something that interconnects and ties worlds together and stuff like that um but planescape in the current cosmology which i believe they're probably going to keep because it was the most popular one which is the 2e version with the great wheel and stuff mm -hmm. um all of those different worlds have has so much information and so much player potential and then to have a hub like like sigil or sigil and then you can go there and go out and stuff like that Soft so g hard g i know sir. i get confused <laughs> i always say it the wrong way in my head and then i'm like that was oh that was wrong and i have to correct myself so well, here's a question too. I remember when Planescape for three point, you know, three third edition, three point five editions happening. It also felt like a 
real change in art direction at that time too. That book felt to me very, the art in it seemed different than the art we got before, right? Mm. It felt like there was a, there was a, there was the Monty Cook weirdness coming in, right? The, the, the fantastical weird that he can do. Mm-hmm. And that, that group really starts to embrace some of that. I mean, look at the, look at the, you know, like the pictures of Lady of Pain and all that kind of stuff that yeah. pops out during that time. It's pretty, it's a pretty big difference. Do we think we're going to see something similar here when they bring that book back? No, um, oh. because, and I, the reason I say that is fifth edition has had a very, across the board consistent art style and they have uh senior directors that are there to manipulate that art style there are some Mm -hmm. changes here and there but it it will not be um it will not be that interesting art yeah i don't you think think they're settled on it they'll just keep reiterating what they've got well for they got their formula for this version and then any other new you know yeah player's handbook that comes out in 2024 plus will be different so no big jump all right well i'm excited what's chat saying over there for you are they excited or we got a bunch of excited people we got a bunch of downers i think it's cool we're gonna it's gonna be awesome like oh yeah and then someone says well the fizzbens art was kind of all over the place a little bit but like i don't know they have a it's not a drastic change of style. I think they work with their, their artists really well. Yeah. Now their artists, I think they've expanded who they're working with to have a lot more representation and they've allowed a little bit of leeway there. But I think I'm, I'm with Jordan. I think there's been, you can see the hand of a full design director behind the whole thing and keeping things close. Maybe there's that plus or minus where their line is, but it's not that far off. They're not like all of a sudden everything's black and white drawings or everything's all of this, you know, super futuristic style drawing it's like they they're pretty close to to the same kind of mainstream that they've decided to go with so it's an interesting style because if you look at paizo's style and i love that style too but it's a different style it makes their books stand out it's still about you know dungeons and dragons and goblins and orcs and humans and elves and dwarves but it's different no the goal is to flip through a book and be like oh that's a pathfinder book you know like that's what that's what they want and and but before it was i think the goal was Oh, I'm flipping through a book. Oh, this is a Planescape book. I want to get this. But we've talked about this on the show in the past is that they fractured their buying base so much by making, oh, well, that's clearly an Eberron book. I play an Eberron. I'll get that. And then they would pick up this one and be like, oh, yeah, that's Planescape. And they wouldn't buy it because they're like, I don't play in Planescape. I play in Eberron. And that really was getting away from canon, getting away from you can't combine things you can't have peanut butter and chocolate you have to choose one you have to be team peanut butter you have to be team chocolate you know like yeah no no, no. you can go to these worlds you can get and you can get to every single one of them gates and spell jamming and maybe planescaping and whatever it might be you can get there we don't want these things we want to embrace multiverse we want to embrace everything's connected we want to embrace everything works together if you want it to as a dungeon master also yeah. i want to point out this is a, a side tangent, but Keith Baker, after the release of Spelljammer yeah, on Tuesday, Keith Baker came out with a really great article of, again, Eberron. you don't have to have, but like, let's think about Eberron using spacefaring technology. I love it. And he called it cyberspace, which I thought was really great, uh, with yeah. an S because of, uh, yeah. The, yeah, because of the dragon <laughs> above. Um, and what it would be like to visit the moons and how you would do that. And I was like, that's really cool. So like you can embrace it. You can embrace it if you want to, you yeah. don't have to, but you can, but speaking of embracing things, uh, did anything super stand out with this play test for you that came out? Do you want to jump to there? You want to talk about Dragonlance at all or what? Oh, we can you talk about Dragonlance. I don't care. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I didn't have, I'm not interested in Dragonlance. Um, Whoa. it's, it's, uh, it's, Shadow of the Dragon Queen. I don't know anything about it. I did like that Lord Soth was on the cover. I thought that was kind of cool. But I thought the cover art was interesting. A lot of people were. I that think it's popping. Also an adventure. So yeah, it and there's feels a like that. battle game that is coming out at the same time. Maybe so connected. I'm battles. not sure. Yeah, they said it. I, it was a standalone board it. game, but I wonder if they're going to incorporate the two. What do you think? The person I saw that talked about it, he said you could use this to do the mass battles and you could go right back into your campaign. Oh. So they are doing it in a way that it can be stand, It can be a game that people just buy and they play a board game, but it's also a game of battles. So I think it's a way for them not to have to put battle rules 
in the system they can use this other way to try to do it which is interesting because coville is building battle rules and these other companies have been building battle rules to give us it was interesting to see that you know if they're going to do that or not i that's a that's clever to do a tabletop game or a board game or to partner with somebody like the 40k or the games workshop and say hey we need a we need a mass battle system that fits right inside with when we're playing our Dungeons and Dragons games. Do you guys want to partner with us to give us like a tabletop skirmish game that that we could yeah. sell as a standalone? I I mean I'd be jumping all over that, but I'm I was like with you. Dragonlance did not grab me. I was not the fan base that was screaming for Dragonlance. I was not the fan base saying, "Oh my god, we got books coming back out. I can't wait to read them again." Cuz I Yeah, I felt so bad at Gen Con. I was like the yeah, the R.A. Salvatore line was easily 20 times longer than the uh, Margaret Weiss Dragonlance yes. line to get yes. books signed. Sorry, so Sorry. But, but as I saw the book and as I'm seeing the presentation, I am interested now to where I was disinterested before. I'm great. If I, I'm happy they're going to put a book out for Dragonlance fans, and that's great. It's a campaign world that, that should have it. Um but I wasn't interested. But then I started seeing just a couple things. I saw the artwork a little bit. So now I'm a little interested. So they moved my needle a tiny bit. Not not a ton yet, but a tiny Are bit. Are you so. interested enough to pre-order it and the <clears throat> game to get it two weeks early on D&D Beyond? No, sir. Mm, I go. am not. That was I something I wanted to talk. I thought was interesting is yes. that if you pre-order it, you get it on D&D Beyond two weeks early, does that mean all of these book reviewers that are getting the books early and doing their YouTube streams and their flip-throughs and stuff, are those kind of going away? Because now anybody can pre-order it and then you can stream it on on that. Or are they getting it literally a month early? Yeah. I don't know. That'd be interesting. Well, and let's even talk about that a little bit. There, there's a couple of bombshells that are happening. If you're just looking at product lineup and you let that happen and you didn't listen during that show, what else was happening? You are getting PDFs and books now. Like they were saying you get an electronic. I, I thought they were saying you have both now. They It seemed to me like when you get your book moving forward, you're going to get a key for D&D Beyond. I think that's what they want to do. Or have you get a also. discount if you buy both or something? Yeah, yeah, because they didn't say was it you get it for free. But it's or not a PDF. Don't or... say that it's a PDF. No, no, it's access right. to D and D Beyond, so D&D they can Beyond always take version. that away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, Zris says they did do that, but it costs an extra ten dollars. So you have to buy the book plus an extra ten dollars to get that code. Okay. So. That's a step in the direction we wanted them to go, right? Maybe yeah. we didn't want that price, but it's de- we talked about this like for the last two weeks. We brought this subject up that we were looking at other companies and buying their books. And the first question we asked them at their booth was, oh, do I get a PDF with this too? Because I love your book and I want to flip through it, but I also need it on my iPad or my laptop when I'm running the game, or I need to look something up quickly, which is easier. And like, oh no, sorry, we don't, you have to buy it this separate. And that was like a turnoff for us, even though that's how Wizards of the Coast has put their foot down for so long. They're scared and of now the foot yeah. has been raised. It's not put down anymore. They're going to do it. They're going to, you know, they're not they're not balking at it anymore. So that's that's interesting to me. D&D Beyond's going to be getting the is is definitely centric to how the play, the play test was already there and they said they release right as we're going and you can play test now even though you had to wait like an hour or two for the PDF. I know. I was like <laughs> I was like what? Um, New then, Eastern. What is this? Yeah, yeah. Then they show us the new virtual tabletop yeah. sizzle reel for D&D Beyond's new tool, I guess, at this point, running in Unreal Engine what has- using highly detailed models. Yeah. Wow. And so I think that was another thing they were talking about is they want to sell character customizations. So, like, for a dollar, you can get this hat. For your character or i don't know maybe you if you Fortnite if you it. have a a, a yeah. sunblade in the game then you could apply the sunblade template to your character and stuff it i mean it was an unreal engine it looked really cool the modding community for the unreal engine is ridiculous so that makes me wonder oh, if it'll yeah. just like explode with mods but 
this is not something that can run in a browser. They're going to have to have like a, a, you have to install this and actually run it, which a lot of VTTs do, you know, roll 20 is in a browser, but like a lot of those other Others ones, aren't. Yeah, yeah. You know, you install a piece of software and it runs off of your computer. So that's not something yeah. that bothers me. Um, I just thought it was, I just thought it was interesting. It, yeah. it looks really cool. They have the tilt shift camera to kind of make it look yep. like a miniature, even though it's not, I wonder if you can turn that on and off. We'll see. Um, well, and it's a design choice to say we're simulating you playing at your table with warlock tiles and minute painted miniatures with yeah. bases. We're not simu- we're not trying to make it look like you're a computer game or a movie of your character standing in a hallway. Mm-hmm. So they they went the design route of we're we're recreating a, a game table, and you know you're still playing a game. You know you're still playing a tabletop game. We're just putting it out there so. You know, it looks that way. Yeah. I, interesting. Yeah. And then I, a lot of people were like, well, they're going to pull all the support for other things. And, and I don't, I don't speak Hasbro. They might, who knows? They might just be like, Hey, but I think the idea is that they really want to compete. They want a competitive place to bring people in. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is why book one bookshelf, which does drive through RPG and the DMs guild, they signed that, uh, they did an announcement with roll 20, that said all of your DMs Guild content will be able to be incorporated into Roll20. Um, and that's their, like, hey, we're trying to hold on to our subscribers because of things yeah. like that. But there are people that actually would prefer Roll20. There mm-hmm. are people like me that actually would prefer Albert Rodeo or, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. It's like, I just kind of want to show you something quick, but I don't want to create a whole dungeon that we have to, like, walk through. I just want to show you this is what you see. How do you react yeah. Yeah. Or or demiplane. Are they going to put um, up a or Nexus you know demiplane or... things like that? We yeah. there, there's competition, which is good. And, and so. Cyberwolf said another good thing. I hope they let us import the STL files from HeroForge. Wouldn't that be a great partnership also to have? I think that is coming Hero very soon. Minis yeah. And, if yeah. I can make a HeroForge mini, and they can be like, a lot of Here's people were like, are they going to buy HeroForge Ooh. next? I'm like, I don't know if HeroForge is up I for sale, guys. But I, I bet care. a partnership is is there. I bet so. I can put enough money down. <laughs> yeah. And and going back to your licensing thing, with Roll20, why not let Roll20 pay you a license on all of the stuff? Here's 20 cents for every sale they make or whatever. It's just revenue stream that just comes in and Because of those down. same people could We're be We're just paying... getting money. Yeah. Well, those same people could yeah. be... Uh, on the current platform is the idea, you know? Maybe, but maybe they're not on the platform for a reason. So we're still getting their money, even though they're not on our platform. No, well, yes, but you're not getting all of the money. Like sure. we, we've talked about this before with D&D Beyond, where I I know that the Hasbro person is like looking out and they're just like, well, that guy, we're making 50 cents off of him, but we're making a dollar off this, this, off this guy. Why are we yeah. only making 50 cents off of him? Well, we licensed it out to this and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, well, no. then get those people to come to our platform. No, the answer is, <laughs> is because they won't come to our platform because they play other games from other companies and they need a tool that lets them play those other games. And our tool does not. So then let them so have that tool. They, they use that tool for <laughs> yeah. the other games. They use this tool isolate. for ours. Uh, I don't know. I don't speak executive, but like yeah. I, I feel like I do sometimes. So. Oh my god! Do you think somebody's gonna play Pathfinder on D and D Beyond's VTT? I don't that think that would you explode. Could. That, they're gonna could. say no. <laughs> maybe, no, maybe on Debbie Plane. Yeah, I don't you think you could. Yeah. Uh, so Unreal Engine. I mean, it looks. We'll see what it is. I think it looks cool. Uh, who knows? It might be like my new favorite way to play D and D, or I might just keep playing D and D the way I've been playing, or I might still want to be at the table because I really like the table and I have all these uh, mm-hmm. uh, warlock tiles that I want to use. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you you already have a lot of D and D Beyond stuff, so you are definitely a full embracer of D and D beyond. I'm still kind of like, I only have a couple of the things I, have I play few, with people yeah. who have all of it. And that's, that's the key. I, I actually have haven't bought a, a, I haven't bought a yeah. new thing in a while because uh, Ted and another person share their content with me and they buy it right. all. And so I'm like, well, I haven't had a need to buy it. So, yeah. Uh, which is nice for me because I can read the new spell jammer stuff as it comes out. Cause my book yep. was delayed until today. It's finally arriving. So I'll be able to <gasps> open my, Spelljammer book. And, yeah. and I thought I was going to be able to come on the show this Saturday and be like, look, guys, look what like, I got. Let's talk and then about they this. dropped. Yeah. yeah, they dropped the I didn't even it's get a, a little chance weird to crack that, this open. Yeah. Somebody made a meme where it's that guy pushing the button and he doesn't know which one to push. And it's yeah. like D&D YouTubers be like, Spelljammer? 
one D and D. It's like oh, I don't know what yeah. to make content for. <laughs> I did. I did like this. It D&D is very screen, pretty. Though. Yeah. Oh, that was really nice. Yeah. People. All right. We'll get to that. I think co- we... that might be a fun collection. Like the guy that collects uh, DM screens. You oh, just have like that, a, a big really collection of DM screens, like because there's some really good. I bought the Everod one because on I really wall. liked it. Yeah, almost like posters. That'd be kind of cool. <clears throat> All right, so that was the big announcement, and it was really a three-parter show. They had three hosts. It's a lot of magic. They were really kind of <laughs> yeah. They were they had a big magic presentation. The magic community was going just as crazy as the Dungeons and Dragons community. No crossover stuff that i saw of the two this time not that it's not going to happen still i almost feel like there's probably going to be another magic the gathering book i was blown away by the stuff they were announcing in magic the gathering so at some point i would love to talk about that not that we need to do it for today's show but it was like wow there were so many cool things they're doing on that i started actually playing arena again uh last night because of all the announcements i was like oh yeah i i actually like magic and so i liked this game i remember it's kind of fun all right so the play test is out it drops hour or two later you can get the the pdf you can go look at it and then again not only did Twitter blow up and, and videos and YouTube blow up with everybody giving their opinions, now they jump on to, from the announcements, now they're looking at these rules and everybody has opinions about good or bad or what is this or what is that. What Have you gone through it in detail? Have you read through the whole thing? I got to go through it pretty much last night pretty in detail yeah. so i feel like i have a good understanding what's well then i would like to you? ask you yeah i'd like to actually get your thing i i have read it i have not read it in like super detail but i got the gist of it is that we're they're consolidating races which i thought was kind of cool so you're not like i'm a forest halfling or i'm a not sorry i'm a forest gnome or i'm a whatever kind of gnome now you're just gnome you're just dwarf and i thought that was kind of i thought that makes sense to simplify the game and we don't actually need three or four versions of dwarves because that harkens back to um the forgotten realms and all of these settings where it's like you have these different tribes of dwarves dwarves and we're trying to give them a plus two bonus and a plus one bonus and these different things instead you're just a dwarf and then you have dwarf characteristics. One of the things I keep mentioning the dwarf because I really like the tremor sense. I thought that was really cool and that they mm-hmm. they did that. Um, but kind of like Dragonborn, like your draconic ancestor, select one. Uh, if it's red, it's fire. If it's silver, it's cold. They're doing a similar thing where like we don't need like oh I'm a fire Dragonborn and it's a whole different stat block from other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I thought that was really cool. And then, and same thing with elves, like choose your kind of elven ancestry and it defines you a little lineage. bit more, yeah, but you're not like, I'm word. a high magic elf. I'm a forest elf. I'm this kind of an elf. Let mm-hmm. the players decide as they play instead of trying to shoehorn them into, well, you know, and then we get into the same problem that we've had. I feel with fifth edition where people are specifically choosing that because they want the stat bonuses instead of actually wanting to play a forest gnome. Like, what about the forest gnome that you really want to play? It's like, well, I know I just want that dex. It's like, okay. And then Tasha's got away with that, or got did away with that, which I liked. So all of that is really so, cool. Go ahead. Let me unpack a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there is another video you can watch with uh, Kendrick and Perkins talking about these rules. They do a UA, there's one out on their channel, and he dives into it. And the thing that I got from watching that, that um, they were saying, or not Perkins, I'm sorry, it was Jeremy Crawford. And he was saying, this time we wanted to make sure that we were doing the, he kept saying like the dwarfiest dwarf or the elfiest Uh elf or the dragonbornest dragonborn. And they were making sure that you had the race choice, but then because there's different lineages that could be in different worlds the way you are a dwarf in one world might be different than a dwarf in another he was like those are your heritages those are your lineages that's not necessarily what your race was so you're right there was this divergent of let's pull that piece off and then put it in a different spot that it makes sense that you can get and pick and choose the abilities that fit with your world or or whatever and I thought I saw like 30 feet was kind of like we saw that there where the speeds were kind of ironed out and they even said like in the in the dwarf one which i think is a good one too is like they talk about dwarves of many worlds 
everything has multiverse all through it, right from the beginning, right from the get-go. They're reminding you as a player. And if you're brand new, when you get this book for the first time, you're going to be indoctrinated into this is a, a game that can span many different campaign worlds. So whoever your dungeon master is, they may have you playing in, in whatever world and you'll pick from choices of that. And I think it was a good idea to kind of to push that piece off in it. But here's an interesting one. They did the size thing where humans, you can pick to be like that medium size, but you also could be, you could pick to be the really small size, right? And they said, you know, on some of those, I thought that was an interesting change. Like the human has said, you could be two to four feet tall if you really wanted to. And that might fit in with a different campaign setting or a different campaign. Or maybe you just are a two or four foot tall human and you just be, you know, that option's there now. And Well, I think brought- the, the big thing is like, why are we limiting players on anything? You know, yeah. why are we saying, hey, all humans have to be like this or all orcs have to be like this? Mm-hmm. And... I, I kind of like that because really it should be up to the dungeon master where you're like, I'm sorry, all of my elves are five feet or higher. And you're like, okay. And then you go somewhere else and they're like, all of my elves are three feet. You're like, okay. Yeah. okay. Um, it also gives me the hope of making a half halfling, which I think is really cool. So, <laughs> yeah. And they talk about, you know, you've chosen your class, which it sounds like when they structure this book. It sounds like when they go through what they want you to do to teach you how to build a character if you don't know how to do one. It sounds like they want you to choose your class. And then it says, because it says, after choosing your character's class, here's three things you're going to choose next. Race, background, language, right? And so it was like character races, character backgrounds, character languages. And now, big bombshell for everybody, the feet, right? A first level feat for everybody or feats that are relevant and feats that have levels now are now being indicated and we see that in this yeah so feats are going to be a big thing of really augmenting your character which is the power Mm -hmm. creep that we've talked about before um Mm -hmm. but if the whole game is fundamentally about that it doesn't necessarily feel like power creep but what i think it will do is those older adventures that are quote backwards compatible are going to be a lot easier than they were Mm -hmm. before so yeah and they don't minimize the list and the changes are not set in stone i want yeah aj was right he just said that like changes are not set in stone this is all like ua you're like you're right so we're kind of talking like it's absolute when it shouldn't be so nope they're adding ardling and orc to basically what the player handbook will have isn't that interesting yeah that they're adding two more not they're not narrowing the field to make well, their and they're removing book. half orcs and half elves which i thought was interesting and they too. well they talk about them differently yeah yeah, yeah. because the way Cro- jeremy crawford explained it he said we want you to think about now think about what your parents are and your parents could come from different races and we're giving you our rules are going to give you the ability to say choose the race that gives you the mechanical thing that makes sense for your character but you can also have all of your features and your look and your aesthetic can come from the other parent if you want, or yeah. you can choose which parent it comes from, or you can choose the pieces and that, that really is so like you're diverging the yeah. mechanics from the, yeah. Where were you raised? Were you a half orc right. raised by orcs or were you yeah. a half orc raised by humans? Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's kind of cool, but before orcs were always, you know, the villains. So you could be a half orc, but you couldn't be like an orc well, until and a later. half orc had a description, so. right? Yeah, yeah. And no, the, and so did half elf. Yeah. And that's the yeah. same thing where it's like, we don't need a half elf. You could just be like, I, I am a half elf and I have these yeah. elven characteristics. Or but I, have I happen these. to have rounded ears. Yeah. Other half elf, so. a different half elf might have pointed ears. You and know? the artling was yeah. interesting because it's the antithesis of the tiefling. And I think yep. the the Ardling Tiefling, like they want it to be, they want it to have a similar yeah, name. Yeah, the Celestial, the, the. And so, yeah. The, you have an Ardling that's like Celestial Upper Plains parents and a Tiefling that is Lower Plains lineage. Lower Plains. Yeah. Um, not limited to just Infernal. So it's not just Devils like it is in 5th yeah. edition. And morality uh, yeah. is not chosen by that. They're saying Correct. they were really, you, you can be a bad evil person from an ardling you can be a good tiefling you know that that's not chosen it's just that's where your lineage had come from yeah so it's interesting we kind of knew they wanted to go in this way and it does open up customization for players and i think it's where the player community wants to go i don't think any 
I mean, maybe there's some, but I don't think there's a lot of people or enough people that we care about that are like, no, dwarves have to be this and you should be limited and you shouldn't be able, they should only be able to run 25 feet. Why are you, you know, I don't, I don't see a lot of that kind of uproar. I do see some other uproars about other types of rules and things like, what are they going to do with inspiration or what are they going to do with luck or what are they going to do with this and that? There's a lot of different sides to those conversations but i didn't see it for this in our last five minutes or so and maybe we'll go over because this is a big day but specifically the the rolling a 20 and critical hits and i wanted to talk to you about that so how do you feel about this because they're changing and a roll 20 is being called a d20 test so uh an attack is technically a d20 test Mm-hmm. Um, a skill check is technically a D20 test. A saving throw is a D20 test. All of these are now not separate things. They're all going to be D20 test. And the big thing is, is that if you roll a 20, um, it's a natural success. And so we were talking no about this. Minuses, no matter bonuses. what. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No matter minuses. So a skill check before, and I was using this when I was talking to DM Nathan, is that if you are a wizard with an eight strength, so you have a, a minus one I think to your strength and Mm -hmm. to break down the wooden door, it's a skill check of 25. I can only ever roll a 19, 20 minus one. I will never get to 25 to be able to smash down that door as a wizard with this new ability. I can because a 20 is a success. And so the wizard breaks down the door. A lot of people treat skill checks like that already. Sometimes they're just Mm -hmm. like, oh, I got a 20. Okay, you succeed. Because nine times out of 10, I feel like you've met the number, but there are those moments where a wizard tries to break down a door and they can't do it. Uh, So how do you feel about that? It's interesting because we do it in our game and how I've handled it in my game, my Tuesday night game. This this actually came up mid-game because our dungeon master is like, you know, you guys also get to roll double damage and you have critical hits and critical fails. And how do we want to handle a one? Because some people like to have all ones are an automatic fail. They want that chance that everything can possibly fail and that chance that everything could possibly succeed. And so we had had this talk too and... and our dungeon master is now letting, you know, the even the creatures and the monsters and everything, they can crit and they can auto fail and we can crit and auto fail. And I played around with that a little bit. So I like the idea that we're playing around with it. I like, I want to make sure that everybody realizes that when they have these rules, you always are able to change to what makes sense for your campaign and your party and your table. If everybody agrees that, hey, we, we like that a one isn't an automatic miss. If I've got a plus nine, and I, I beat the DC, then I, whatever, if that's what your party is, I like that. I think in the testing of it, I would like to see where the community falls on this because I wonder, I like the idea that the 20 isn't always an automatic success, right? Like, yeah, you rolled a 20, but I guess that's the whole point of the crit, right? The, well, and it's, it's, a a five, it's a 5% chance to succeed. Yeah. And it's a little, like, that's higher than I think you, than a lot of people than think. you want it to be, yeah, yeah. for something. Like, I would yeah. want it to be like a 1%. Uh, but yeah, Silver Boulet makes a good point. Like, why or would confirm. your DM lets you let you roll if you can't accomplish it? And I think that's something that I've done a lot where a lot of times I'll have people like, hey, the barbarian's like, well, I want to try and roll Arcana and understand that. And I'll just say, well, if you're not proficient in it and you're a barbarian, I'm not going to let you roll. Yeah, because, because there we've is been a chance trained to say yeah. not no. Yeah. We've been trained to let them do what And they so want. <laughs> you're right. There's a part of me that's like, I'm not going to let you do that. And yeah. they might just be like, oh, that's kind of frustrating. And this kind of yeah. comes back to uh, we were uh, a DCC game that I was running where the thief was like picking locks. And then the halfling was like, well, can I pick the lock? And I'm like, well, you're kind of stealing the thief's thunder if you can. The whole mm-hmm. point of her being a thief is that that's what she can do. So I don't want to let you do that because that's her thing. You don't have the skills. Yeah. You, the tra- you can't and just so walk like, up to a lock and just do it. And yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. one of those things where I'm like, I, I think. But I don't want to tell you no. Well, if this rule was implemented where a 20 is always a success, mm-hmm. um, it does simplify the game. But I think I would have to step in a lot and say, I'm sorry, eight strength wizard. You're not allowed to roll because no yeah. amount of rolling from my mind will let you break down that door. 
You yeah. need to think of a different way of doing it. And Zris is really good where she, you said, or he said, you still can't shoot down the moon. And right. it's like, you're right. Like, I can't be you like, well, I shoot, I shoot the moon. Well, I rolled a 20. I succeed. Hey. Right. And you're like, well, no, because uh, you can't do something that's physically impossible. <laughs> so, but yeah. I think that we need to have clarification in the rules for that. Sure. And I think it needs to be stated that if the DM feels that it is impossible, you're not allowed to do it. So, yeah, that was my one grievance with it is I didn't go really watch, like that about the yeah, 20. Go watch the video where they're talking about it with Jeremy Crawford because you get their insight in the change to the 20 and getting inspiration when you roll 20 and how inspiration works. He talked about it as we want to experiment with the party or the the character getting a a moment of momentum and then building on that moment of momentum and that's why they're trying to make it easier and it can compound and get kind of powerful if it starts to align correctly and they want that they're saying they're testing out this idea of you've built momentum and that's going to carry you through the fight differently than if everybody was just rolling their you know, nobody had rolled a 20. And right. it's like this moment of this is way outside of what was supposed to happen. And now it's going to avalanche into, you know, helping you. And Which players you like to feel powerful. So through. it kind of makes yeah. sense, you know. But yeah. I would argue that players like that, I didn't think we were going to survive and we did feeling. And I don't sure. think that momentum allows them to feel that. So. Yeah. So definitely both sides of the coin, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. There's always a couple of ways to look at it. But so I, I would need to play, I think. And that's the whole point that's of the play test is I need yeah. to play and be like, okay, uh, yeah. this does make sense. And it is fun, you know, because yeah. I can't and I'll give in you, my head be like, well, I don't like that. Like, who knows? I need to play it. First. I'll give you a, a true relevant example, like shooting the moon. We're like, oh, okay. Ah, ha, ha. But here's a good example. Uh, we have a character in our um, campaign right now that can get an AC after somebody buffs them with a spell and they do a certain ability and they have a feat that's all of a sudden like a 27 AC or a 28 AC. When we go to fight the orcs, there's no way unless you allow a 20 to be an automatic hit for them to hit this character. So there's just no combat then at that point if your AC is that high. So because they've introduced something that allows your your total to go that high, that goes so high the 20 can't actually get you there, I feel like you almost need it. And that's why Danimal, our dungeon master, said, I need the 20 to be an automatic hit because there's no way I'm going to hit the dwarf who's sitting at an AC 27 moving through this campaign at this point. So, so I, I, I want to clarify, though, in yeah. the rules of 5th edition, 5e, uh, an attack does always succeed on a 20, no matter what. Yeah, right. But and, not and, but, skill checks or saving throws, which was, yeah, what I wanted, yeah. which is what they're changing. But you're right. Like, and he, he does need that 20 because it's like, otherwise I can't hit you. Yeah. It's not defined as a, when the dungeon master is rolling or the player's rolling. That rule is defined as a player rule at this point. Um, at, that a 20 is always it. a hit? Oh I yeah, it's it's a D twenty it. test. So whatever they define a D twenty test as, and that could be yeah. player or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but to make it again easier on the players, mm -hmm. uh, critical monsters don't crit anymore, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that either because I like this. I like the swinginess of it. I like dungeon crawl classics. Go ahead and take a drink. Like I like the randomness. <laughs> the we're all gonna die. We have to be careful. Um, but I think five, I think five E and going forward, people really like feeling like superheroes. And so, but yeah, if you're, if you're all powerful, is it fun anymore? Like, well, right. And I think that's why you still have this game. Isn't original D and D anymore. This isn't the game where you're the farmer who picks up the pitchfork and you run through the funnel that is meant to be hard and you're yeah. meant to die and your your hit points never get very high and you never are truly powerful. That's a different game these days. That is not, I, I think you can make your Dungeons and Dragons that way by modifying a lot of stuff if you want to, but the game as presented is you are a superhero at this point. I mean, there, there's no other way you could describe those characters as written because there's so much above and beyond an average representation of that race there's so much above what an average human is in that world what an average orc is in that world what an average dwarf is in that world the character is like on a mountaintop compared yeah. comparatively you know so yeah well i mean 
lots of changes, lots of stuff coming coming down the pipeline. I I think the review the the ability to start submitting feedback for this is September first. Um, and I would encourage everybody to do that because it's like the future of D and D, and you can, you know, uh, you're and basically giving them free free information on how to like make money. But uh, at the same time, it, this is a game that we love, so like, why not? You yeah. know, yeah. New condition to test out, new rules on crits and things, new rules on inspiration, new rules on grappling, new rules on some of the feats. Lots of stuff to test out and just try it in your game. Yeah, everybody can theory craft, but try it in some sessions, try it in some games, and then give your feedback so that we actually get honest feedback and not just, I hate it, here's the reasons I hate it. Give it, here, we tried it, we played it, this is what didn't work, or this is what did work, and put that in there so they can really make a, an informed decision. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Um, boy, I, I think... So much. Yeah, so much. I mean, we didn't even get to like a lot of it, but... Uh, maybe Lucian and I will try to meet up and do another video and we could post something later about our thoughts because, um, we were talking before the show and I just feel like Lucian has good insight into, uh, game mechanics. And this is all it is, is like game mechanics yeah. where I usually am more thinking of like a, a story kind of concept, even though I, I like game mm -hmm. mechanics too. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, I'm a little over time. So I'm going to say that's our show, ladies and gentlemen, anything, right. anything you want to want to shout out before we go my god i'm so excited <laughs> we have plenty to talk about over the next saturday after saturday after saturday and even when we when there are no announcements and there doesn't seem to be a lot of news we can always open up one of these test things and just yeah. say let's talk about this this one little section where they talked about spells and how they're changing that or let's talk about this little section yeah maybe we need to sure. start a sub show that's like yeah. dm's corner with lucian where yeah. we kind of just <laughs> like go yeah. in about stuff and i don't know i was watching some pathfinder playthroughs pathfinder 2 playthroughs for our, my our pathfinder crowd out there i'm yeah. i'm still learning pathfinder 2 i'm still staying up to date on those monty cook's got another kickstarter coming out there's lots it of looks stuff really cool happening. yeah we're uh, still going to be bringing all that to you. Just this this week was, you know. If you're maybe. a Monty Cook fan, I will say go to their website and yes. search for it. Uh, their upcoming Kickstarter is not a Kickstarter. It's a backer kit thing. Yeah. Um, but if you say, I want to be notified, and you're one of the people that actually backs it, you get some really cool dice. Um, yeah. It's called The Weird. It's going to work with a bunch of their games. It looks kind of cool. So Yeah, looks really good. That's all I had. Take us away. Thank you so much. Uh like, share, subscribe. I don't know. Uh, follow yes, on Patreon. Help support the stream. Thank you so much for the people that, uh, that well, Mo Peach for the donations and for everybody hitting Lots like and comments. stuff. Um, and thank you for comments and all this other stuff. We do pop in and read the comments and chat back. So, so much. Uh, we will be back next week with a show. I think I might be out of town. We'll see. Uh, I've got to figure something out. We might do like another pre-recorded pre show, but we'll do something out. Friday night D&D &D show. Yeah. Um, until then, take care, everybody, and go play D&D. &D.